In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Robert Clapper is the head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai Medical Center. It's Saturday morning, and it's time for Dr. Clapper. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> this is the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar sinai on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Yes, Doc. I love your show. Thank you. Um, now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warriors Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai for 31 years. Wow, that's a long time. Well, I'm back in the operating room. The... (laughs) The return has been great. It's been really a blessing. You know, what do they say? You don't realize what you have until it's been taken away, and now you get it back again. What a dream to be able to talk to a patient, examine the patient, feel the skin, feel the joint move, look at the x-rays, look at the MRI, and then be able to go into the body, see what's damaged, touch what's damaged, and then use my own judgment to fix it. Sometimes it's merely putting the tendon back where it came from, in a torn rotator cuff, for example, which I did this week. But other times, it's called adult reconstruction. I literally have to take the knee, the hip, the shoulder, that's now mangled because of arthritis, which destroys the joint, and actually, artistically, create a new one. This is why I love to sculpt in marble, but being a surgeon is even next level to that. For me to decide the way it should be versus the way it is and make it brand new again, it's awesome. And to be able to do it for 31 years, 15,000 times, it's really, I'm blessed. And then to be able to get up Saturday morning and share my thoughts about life with you. I just love it. 31 years at Cedars. So proud. And I'm particularly excited because at 8.15 this morning, I'll be talking to, we'll be talking to a bright young star surgeon in orthopedic surgery at Cedars, Dr. Sean Rajay. He, he's awesome. He, I've already sent him patients He is so much smarter than everyone else in the room, in my opinion, and capable. The only thing lacking is his experience, but boy, is he getting it quickly. And I'm very impressed with him. And you're going to meet him at 8.15. One of the things that impresses me the most is that he went to Harvard, which right away, what do they say? Drop the mic. You go to Harvard, drop the mic. And I thought all week, what exactly does that mean? Harvard doesn't make you smarter. Smart people go to Harvard, but what does it do to someone when they go there? I remember interviewing on this show Gary Vitti, the trainer, the legendary trainer for the Lakers for Showtime and then for Kobe's tenure with the Lakers. He was there for it all. And I said, Gary Vitti, what is it? 
that amazes you most about being a trainer for these world-class athletes? And he told me something that blew my mind. He said, what I've learned is that talent is overrated. I've seen so many athletes who could jump out of the gym. They could do so many things athletically. And then they have no career. They burn out. Something happens. He says the talent is overrated. The, the guys like Kobe, who become the superstars, like Magic Johnson, it's because of their focus. And it's the same thing for going to Harvard. You're already smart. Smart doesn't get you anywhere. My mother used to say about a relative of mine, Robbie, you know what the problem with this guy is? He's so smart that he's stupid. Yeah, you can be so smart that you could be stupid. It's what you do with that smartness. And what we're about to learn today in art, in sports, and in surgery is that you've got to use your smarts to give you the confidence to take risks. So where in art do we see Harvard where you're smart but you take risks? Well, there was a group, one of the greatest of all time, called Talking Heads. Rebecca, we should bring up one of their songs, maybe Psycho Killer. Talking Heads started in the 70s. David Byrne, the lead singer, Tina Weymouth, the bass player, the girlfriend of the drummer, Chris France. But it was the keyboard player and the guitar player, Jerry Harrison, who really went to Harvard. But he was, true, no pun intended, instrumental in changing the world of music. Let's hear Psycho Killer. You'll hear Jerry Harrison in the back going, fa, 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 fa. That's Jerry Harrison. Let's hear it. Seem to face up to the facts. I'm tense and nervous and I can't relax. Can't sleep cause my bed's on fire. Don't touch me, I'm a real live wire. Psycho killer. That's the talking head, psycho killer. Run, 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 run Jerry Harrison. Wait till you hear the sound bites of what really Harvard sounds like when they come to art. The idea of being smart, but also taking risks. And what about sports? Since I think the world of art, the world of sports, the world of surgery are the same, where do we see Harvard? Someone really smart who's willing to take a risk because of that smarts. Well, there's only one quarterback that came from Harvard to the NFL, and it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. His nickname is Fitzmagic. The reason for that is he was drafted in 2005. That's 15 years ago. Guess what? He's still playing for the Miami Dolphins. He has set so many records in the NFL. He's the only guy to play for eight different teams and throw a touchdown for eight different teams. He's the only guy to throw for over 400 yards, three consecutive games. And there are many more records for Ryan Fitzpatrick. But the thing that really sets him apart is there's an IQ test that quarterbacks take. Every single player, I should say, in the NFL takes this IQ test. It's called a Wonderlick test. 50 points, you got like 15 minutes to take this test. And every player takes it. 
The average score is like a 20. Smart guys like Aaron Rodgers, I think, got a 30. Ryan Fitzpatrick decided not to answer one of the questions. He got 48 questions right out of 50, and he didn't even answer one of the questions. Pretty much a perfect score on the Wonderlick test. He was drafted in the seventh round by the St. Louis Rams, never thinking that he's going to play, but they figured he's smart. He could help. Oh, he gets to play all right because he understands that you are smart. You can take risks. So these teams take him on. Next thing you know, the starting quarterback gets injured. The second uh, quarterback gets injured. And there he is, the third-string quarterback. All of a sudden, Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing. And you're going to hear in a second, Trey Wingo from ESPN interviews him and says, everybody needs to realize that the reason Patrick Mahomes got into the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl is because Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Miami Dolphins beat Tom Brady, the Patriots. That allowed the Kansas City Chiefs to move into that spot. He is awesome. What does Harvard mean to the sporting world? You're going to hear in a minute coming up. Clapper vision, Tony Hawk, the skateboarder, fell off his skateboard and dislocated two of his fingers massively, really at the knuckle, the metacarpal phalangeal joint. So I want to give you some clapper vision about popping those joints back into place and essentially, he didn't break anything. He dislocated. What's a clapper vision for dislocating a joint? To me, it's a train going off the track. You didn't break the track. You didn't break the wheel. You didn't break the train. You just need to get the train back on the track. And just like the train wheel that has a slot on it that fits perfectly on the track, that's the, the shape of the geometry of the bone in our fingers allows us to pop them back into place. And very rarely do you ever need surgery for a dislocated finger for that reason. You put the train back on the track and it can ride again. Same thing for a dislocated finger. All right, let's get right into it. Let's talk about the great Jerry Harrison from Talking Heads. Let's go to Talking Heads uh, Naked uh, number two. Listen to the philosophy of a smart person from Harvard who's in the music business talking about risk-taking. Let's go to number two. And one tries not to ever lose totally your own innocence. Um, I think it's something that I've worked at in the Talking Heads because I think that once you lose that, then everything becomes kind of cynical. But um, I think that I've always been trying to challenge myself. I mean, whether it be the groups I play with or the groups I produce, I mean, I, if you look at the groups I've produced, I've really done them just because they were like exciting challenges and really different. Let's go to number three. I think that what used, used to be and what still makes rock and roll when it's working right, exciting, is when it has a little bit, it has that sense of risk, where you really don't know quite what's going to happen, where people kind of are, you know, they're taking all of their talent and all of their, um, uh, you know, inspiration at that moment and going out there on that limb and it might fall apart or it might be really something great. And that's what when it, and when, why I don't like a lot of music is when it's so careful. Anyway, that's what I like in music is I like that sense of risk. It's what I like in art and what I like in people. You know, it's people that are willing to 
Well, just take a chance with their lives a little bit. That's exactly right. Jerry Harrison is smart. He went to Harvard, and I think that gives you confidence to be able to then take the risk. Just being smart is not enough. Being able to take the risk because your confidence, I think that's what Harvard does to you. Let's listen more. Jerry Harrison, here he's being interviewed. The rock band that he was in before Talking Heads was a relatively unknown group, a punk rock group called Modern Lovers. But listen to what the smartness of Jerry Harrison is to join this group with a bad contract, but he gets his foot in the door, takes a risk, and then ultimately can join the big group, Talking Heads. Let's go to number one, Jerry Harrison in studio. Because you was in uh, The Modern Lovers. That's right. That was early. That was like 72, wasn't it? That was right. We recorded the, the album that people know in 1972, though. I don't think it was released till kind of the border of 74, 75, because they were demo tapes for Warner Brothers and A&M that Berserkly Records right. kind of got the rights to them and and put out. But that was... It's funny, because it was not economically a very good deal for me, but it's the reason that the people in the Talking Heads knew I existed. So it was one of the, so one of the worst contracts I signed was one of the best. Yeah, yeah. That's a smart guy who got his foot in the door. Let's go to number five. It was a trio when I joined, and they wanted to expand. And actually, it's a funny story. Um, they got in touch with me. Steve Paul, who had, had Steve Paul's scene and managed the Winter Brothers and Rick Derringer, had recommended me to them, and someone else had. And the, that Modern Lovers record had come out, so they were aware of it. So they called me up, and... I was so broke. I was living in Boston. So the only way I could come to the rehearsal is I helped Ernie, who I mentioned before. We still had the band van move a family to New York. <laughs> Number five. Number six. So we moved their furniture, <laughs> and as it worked out, there was no room once we got all their furniture in the van for the keyboard. Yeah. So I showed up with a guitar, and they go... We were looking for a keyboard player. I thought you played keyboards. I go, I do, but there just wasn't room in the van. But I'll play guitar tonight. <laughs> and they were like, this is insane. But it just sounded so good that we just went. We, I think we all knew it was, it was going to really work. And here he's asked by Steve Jones from um, the Sex Pistols uh, on his show called Jonesy's Jukebox. He's asked... Tell us about David Byrne. He seems like a smart guy. Now, his, here's a Harvard graduate, Jerry Harrison, talking about being smart in describing David Byrne, number seven. Is he talented? David? Yeah. Extremely. Naturally. Um, yeah. He has, uh, well, he has a, you know, he has his unusual and kind of quirky sensibility about what he looks at and how he, uh, life, and... He's able to then write lyrics that reflect these sort of off-kilter views of everyday life. And I think that it really does illuminate something about something you might have looked at a thousand times, and then you're like, I never quite looked yeah. at it like that. Is he like an intellectual? You never, you never hear about yes, him. Yes, I mean, he's, he's a self-taught intellectual. Yeah. He's a self-taught intellectual. 
coming from a true intellectual, intellectual, Jerry Harrison. But the key is taking risks, getting your foot in the door, starting with a band that was probably going to go nowhere, Modern Lovers. But that, he understood, got him noticed so that he could ultimately meet the talking heads and change rock and roll history forever. What about in sports? The story of Ryan Fitzpatrick, currently of the Miami Dolphins. We'll get into that coming up next in the second segment. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar sinai on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. The best entertainer. Forget going to the movies. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. So the Clapper was looking at the flapper. Can you imagine how cool that was? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. You're listening to The Talking Heads. That song's called Wild Wild Life. You're listening to The Talking Heads because that keyboard and guitar player is Jerry Harrison. And he went to Harvard. My guest at 815, a surgeon, a, a new young surgeon, trained at Harvard. And I can't wait to talk to him about what Harvard means. To me, it means you're already smart, but I'm trying to figure out what exactly does going to Harvard do for you in life, in art, in sports, and in surgery. And in sports, we are blessed in the NFL to have a quarterback named Ryan Fitzpatrick, better known as Fitzmagic, because his entire career has been, just give me a chance, coach. Don't see me just as a guy from Harvard. See me as a football player. Just give me a chance. And this guy has had a 15-year career, plays on eight different teams, setting records everywhere he goes. He's smart enough to take risks. That's what the smartness does to you. Harvard gives you the confidence to say, I think I can do this. Let's listen to Trey Wingo and Mike Golick Jr. talking to this seventh-round draft pick that nobody ever thought could play football in the NFL, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's go to Trey Wingo, talking to him, soundbite one. Have the Chiefs sent you bouquets of flowers yet? Steaks. They, oh, they, they, oh, have they? Because not the organization. Yeah, but but some, some people have chimed in because if people forget, Ryan Fitzpatrick leads the Dolphins to a win at Foxborough week 17 on a game-winning touchdown with what, like 40 seconds left or something like that? Yeah, something, something like, like that. That. Yeah. that gave the Chiefs the, the bye in the two-seed. Otherwise, they would have been the three-seed. Much more difficult to get to the Super Bowl in the three-seed. So really, while we all rave about Patrick Mahomes, the only reason the Chiefs are here is because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> impressive. Let's go to number two. How the hell was this season? Like, you came to a place that with everyone on the outside world says is tanking. No one expects you guys to do anything. And you go out there and you win and you know, many more games than the rest of the public was going to give you credit for. What was it like being on the inside of all that? Uh, yeah, the first two games, it was historically bad, you know, with Baltimore and New England. Uh, 
thank you for this schedule set up like that. And, uh, you know, then I get put on the bench and we, there's three more games and we're sitting at 0 and 5 and I get reinserted back in and then we're sitting at 0 and 7 and it was a crazy roller coaster at the beginning of the year that had a lot more dips on the down than up and, uh, it took a lot. It showed a lot for Brian Flores as a head, first time head coach to keep the team, to keep us interested. Uh, you know, to keep the intensity and the practices, you know, at a high level and even the attention level of the guys, uh, to finish five and four like we did in the last nine games. There's no question Ryan Fitzpatrick is smart. He went to Harvard. Well, the NFL makes you take an IQ test called the Wonderlick test. He scores the highest score ever by a quarterback in history on the Wonderlick test. But his career these last 15 years, playing with eight different teams, is remarkable. Let's listen to the story of Harvard in the NFL, the evolution of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's go to number one. Going into the 2005 NFL draft, the quarterback class had some standout guys. Jason Campbell... Aaron Rodgers, and Alex Smith, all potential first-round picks. But when we take a look into one particular category, the Wonderlick test, there was a major outlier. The Wonderlick is a 50-question exam. However many you get right, that's your score. The average score is about 20. You only get 12 minutes to answer all 50 questions. Only 2-3% to of participants even finish the test in that time. In other words, it's tough. Number two. Some of the best NFL quarterbacks score right around the mid-30s, or maybe even a bit higher. In this class, we saw Rodgers at 35 and Alex Smith at 40. They're both pretty smart guys. Then there's the dude from Harvard, who finished the test in nine minutes. Ryan Fitzpatrick has the highest score by any quarterback in NFL history. This man was not like the others. Although he did win Ivy League Player of the Year in 2004, he majored in economics at Harvard. If there was one thing that I would guess about a Harvard grad, a career in the National Football League would not come to mind. (laughs) Number three. Late in the seventh round of the 2005 NFL Draft, the St. Louis Rams thought, why not, and drafted Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was going to be their third-string quarterback. In other words, he shouldn't even sniff the field. The Rams probably thought, it's a quarterback from Harvard who nearly scored a perfect 50 on the Wonder League. Let's just bring him in to pick his brain. There's no way he's actually going to get into a game, though. Week 6. First stringer Mark Bolger would injure his right shoulder, promoting Jamie Martin to the starting quarterback. And then Jamie Martin gets injured. And all of a sudden, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback for the St. Louis Rams in 2005. Let's go to number 4. In steps, the third stringer from Harvard, with no expectations, down by 21. Ryan Fitzpatrick would throw for 310 yards and three touchdowns, finishing the game in overtime with a 54-yard walk-off touchdown. Rams win 33-27. And Ryan Fitzpatrick was named NFC Offensive Player of the Week. He's one of only seven quarterbacks ever to throw for 300 yards in their debut. Unbelievable, right? It's the risk-taking. Just give me a chance. He's smart enough to know, give me that chance. Just like Jerry Harrison shows up for the rehearsal with a guitar, not a keyboard, and they're looking for a keyboard player. Just give me a chance. And he gets his foot in the door. Risk-taking. That's actually what makes you smart. Where does that confidence come from? You go to Harvard, you have that confidence. 
Here's what happens, though, to Ryan Fitzpatrick. You can't believe in him too much because then the wheels come off the wagon. Let's go to number five. He would get benched after the Vikings game and didn't see the field again the following season in 06 and in 2007 was traded for a seventh rounder to the Bengals to be their backup. Carson Palmer, who had started 48 straight games going into the season, would get hurt and Fitzpatrick became the guy in Cincinnati. There, he would do good enough to be sent to Buffalo and Fitzpatrick would spend more time there than with any other team. In Buffalo is where he really shines and really sets the world on fire. Let's go to number six. Four years. Although it wasn't planned, he was mostly the starter. And this was his time to prove that he could be a consistent starter in this league. He would flash moments of brilliance. During 2010, he became the first quarterback to be down by 17 points, come back, and win by 18 points or more. In 2011, he was named AFC Player of the Month after starting the season on a tear. And following that, the Bills were like, you're the guy. Here's a six-year, $59 million contract. Wow. It's such a beautiful story. Let's listen to the man himself, Jets quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, number one, about what it's like to be from Harvard. What does it mean to him, number one? Yeah, there's. I think people are always a little surprised when they meet me because there is just kind of a certain uh, stigma maybe that's attached to, you know, Harvard. Right. Uh, graduate or whatever but i i think i kill those stereotypes right away um you know probably doesn't make me sound very good but uh, you know my my personality is a little bit different than i think what everybody thinks and he was an economics major no joke he didn't take underwater basket weaving not that you probably could take that at all at harvard he's the real deal but he's incredibly humble and self-deprecating um but he's also very proud of going to harvard and wants to make sure he doesn't let the university down and to always show it in the highest uh, way. Let's go to number two. In what way, I guess? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like to joke around and have mm-hmm. fun, and, uh, and I could I could sit and talk about anything. I don't really need to sit and talk about uh, the stock market or, right. you know, I, I can I'm, can relate to most guys in a lot of different ways. And number three. I think being a, a chameleon in that way helps me. You know, being being a Harvard graduate, there's definitely a certain amount of pride that I take in that as well. Of course. And yeah. want to be able to represent the university in the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, there's, there's definitely um, some misconceptions about uh, Harvard graduates, and we all kind of get lumped into the same category. You know, what we learn from studying what it is to be smart, because we're talking about Harvard. What makes you smart in life is the the ability to be fearless about taking a risk. You need to take a risk. You're better to have taken a risk and failed than never to try at all. How awful a life that would be is not really to put it all out there. Okay, you didn't succeed, but at least you tried. Not to get the respect from other people, But for you to be proud of yourself, that's what Harvard is all about, in my mind. And we'll learn more when I talk at 8.15 to our guest, Dr. Sean Raji, a surgeon who trained at Harvard. It's a fascinating subject for me. Time for the clinic to be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. And don't forget, we got to talk about food. 
There was a diner on Sunset Boulevard near the Whiskey A Go Go called Duke's, which was the diner in the Tropicana Hotel many years ago. And I used to drive up La Cienega Boulevard from Cedars to eat at that diner because they did something special to a brand muffin. This week, I did something that I learned at Duke's to a brand muffin that was five days old and stale that brought it back to life that I got to tell you about. It's one of the greatest, most delicious ways to eat a muffin ever. And I'll share that with you. Coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. The clinic will be open. We'll do some clap revision. Looking forward to it here on the Weekend Warrior Show. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar sinai on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. All right. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm Big Clap. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. You gotta love these guys. Talking heads. Keyboard player Jerry Harrison went to Harvard. His story just amazes me. And we'll get into more of it as the show goes on. But clinic's open. Let's do some clap revision. The number's 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Wayne. Wayne, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? How you doing, Doc? I'm doing great. Thanks for being a listener. You listen every Saturday? Uh, I don't get to listen every Saturday, but I love when I get when I get the opportunity to listen to you. This is the first time I've had a chance to ever talk to you, but I've li- been listening to you for years. Thank you so much. What's your favorite story? <sighs> uh, most of them are about Kobe. Yeah. He was you know? special. Yeah, he was. Special. He was. He was. You know, I've never my- been a... I've always been a Laker fan, but I've never been an individual fan. I've always gone with the logo and not the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was one of my favorite players. Uh, why? Wayne, uh, tell me why. Tell me what Kobe meant to you. to the game. You know, he just, it, no matter what, he was, um, you just couldn't top his work ethic. Right. You know, he put in work, you know, I've heard him say, you know, well, I don't, I don't remember how he said it, but it, it's, it's more that no one ever outworked him. Right. You know, he was first in and last out in the gym, and it kind of translated over into uh, how I did things oftentimes or tried to be oftentimes. I, I don't think I have his work ethic. You know, today's topic is, is being smart because I want to talk right. about what going to Harvard means, being smart. And – you got to get this book that Kobe wrote with Andrew Bernstein, the photographer, The Mamba Mentality. And I had Andrew Bernstein on as a guest, particularly after Kobe passed away. And what I'm learning about putting this show together is the risk-taking that is what smart being smart is all about. Being smart means you take risks. And Gary Vitti talked about Kobe had all the talent in the world, but what made him special was his focus and his confidence to be able to take risks. So I asked Andrew Bernstein, what's so different about this book that you and Kobe put together? He said, because when Kobe called me and said he wanted to do this book, 
He said he wanted to do this book the opposite of the way anybody else ever contacted me from the NBA about doing a book. I said, what does mm -hmm. that mean? He said, usually, Dr. Clapper, I sit down because I've taken thousands, hundreds of thousands of photographs over 40 years, taking pictures of the NBA, and I sit down with the player and we go through all the pictures I have. And then we put together chapters and whatnot. He said, Kobe called me and said, Andrew, I want to do the opposite. He said, what does that mean? He said, I'm going to tell you what each chapter is going to be. And then I need you to go find the picture that exemplifies what I'm talking about. I want to do it the opposite way. So Andrew Bernstein says, well, what do you mean by that? He said, well, Dikembe Mutombo was known for his defense. Remember, he would wave that finger, don't be doing yep. that around me. He said yep. he was just impossible to guard, but I beat Dikembe Mutombo. But I want this book to show how he did what he did. He would raise his right hand to block your shot. Everybody saw that. But what they didn't see is that with his left hand, Mutombo would grab your jersey and pull you down. He said, so, Andrew, I need you to find in all those photographs you took the picture of Mutombo guarding me, pulling on my jersey down with his right <laughs> hand up. And Bernstein said, okay, Kobe. And that's the picture that they found. And the whole book is like that. So That's cool. He, so when I ask you the question, what did Kobe mean to you? On some level, I'm almost saying, give me a chance to tell you what Kobe meant to me as a Laker fan, as a human being. He taught us, be confident, but you better work at it. Even though God gave you that talent, you need to still be the hardest working guy to appreciate that talent and not take anything for granted. And, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, being a Laker yeah. fan is great. But I actually realize now I was more a Kobe fan than a Laker fan. And that's what makes it particularly sad. How can I help you, young man? How young are you and what do you do for a living? I'm 56 years old. Love it. And uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I work in construction. I'm a supervisor now, but I've, I've been a grunt for over 30 or 40 years. I, then you, I, I then you know measure twice, cut once. Without a doubt. <laughs> and, then, and then check that before you cut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the the most prized possession that I have from my father, who was a carpenter, is his old, red, rusted box that yep. holds his Milwaukee Sawzall. And one day, wow. I've got about six patents on tools I've invented for surgery that are used all over the world. Uh, to do hip and knee and shoulder replacements to redo them. They're ultrasonic tools. And I remember one day my dad was visiting from Florida. And he said to me, Robbie, you got all these inventions and all these patents. You went, How'd you do all that? And I used to tell him, you remember the day you got the Milwaukee Sawzall? He goes, yeah. I said, I never saw you happier in my life because you were so excited that you didn't have to take that pencil from behind your ear and figure out in the wooden stud to make the outlet box and do it with a right. hammer and a chisel, you said, Robbie, I can do this in two seconds now. What an amazing yep. thing this is. And I remember, must have been like eight years old, and I said, 
someday I want to make a Milwaukee sawzall so I can make someone happy <laughs> like my father's happy. And you understand because you know what a Milwaukee sawzall is. Yes, I do, and I, I, I have one right now. <laughs> All right, how can I, I help wouldn't you? Live you without it. You? How'd you hurt yourself? Well, uh, the doctor says uh, after an x-ray that I need to replace my knee. Okay. And I have uh, 20% cartilage in my knee left. It hurts so, all the time. So here's a couple of pieces of advice I'm going to give you. Number one, I can okay. tell already you're a smart man. You need to yep. learn, and I need to empower you. How am I going to do that? I wrote a book. I need you to buy yourself a present. We give the money to the homeless. It's called Heal Your Knees. When we hang okay. up, go on Amazon, buy the damn book, okay? You need to be empowered. Heal your knees. That's number one. Number two, do not let them talk you into stem cells for five or $10,000 not covered by your insurance. There's no shampoo growing hair on top of my head. Don't go there. No cortisone right. shots. Don't let them put any needles into your knee. Be Never holistic. I want right. you to buy yourself a birthday present. When's your birthday? March 23rd. So a late birthday present. I want you yep. to also go online and order for yourself. Forget about the gym and all the. I need you to buy for a couple hundred bucks your very own Schwinn spinning bike. Okay? It needs to be okay. there. Long day of work. You're not going to get in your car, drive to the gym. You're tired. You'll come home. There's the bike put in front of the TV. Do a half an hour, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three days a week. You need to ride a bike to keep the muscles above and below your knee strong. Number three, there's a website, my website, Dr. Robert Clapper. Go there, and you'll see a video of a woman, 70 years old, riding a bike in her neighborhood the day after I did her knee implant for arthritis. Hmm. Not an arthroscopy, but an implant. Why? Because the neural way to do the surgery is called minimally invasive. You don't cut the muscle. When I started 31 years ago, all I had was a small, medium, and large implant. And right knee, left knee didn't matter. It was a universal implant. Now, there's right versus left. You don't cut the muscle. You spread the muscle. Your eyes right. will pop out of your head when you see this woman. She did this using her GoPro to show off to me. Look, Dr. Clapper, I'm riding my bicycle the next day. Because you're, in That's essence, cool. resurfacing the knee. You're not chopping out the joint. I want you to watch that video to inspire you. And you know what, Wayne? I'm not doing this show to to look for patients. I'm as busy as you can only imagine. But it'll oh, be my pleasure to take care of you if you need me. Certainly awesome. to give you my opinion. I really appreciate you calling. That's what I want you to do. Don't let them be non-holistic. No needles. No shots. Everybody loves to do that. Don't let them. Get the bike. Get strong. Learn about the, the, the anatomy from the book. See the video, get inspired, and then you'll come see me. All right? Yeah, one quick question. My wife bought an elliptical. The thing looks like a velociraptor in our living room. <laughs> yeah. Tell her, it's, it's, I like to refer to that as something called pre-op because everybody yeah. ends up hurting something else getting on those damn machines. It's okay to yeah. do the elliptical because it's not pounding like a tread. I hate treadmills. I right. like the elliptical, but I love the bike. And I really okay. love exercising in a swimming pool. But that's okay. She doesn't have to trade that in. But I will tell her, for her osteoporosis, it's probably not ideal to be that frictionless. She actually needs to load her bone. So during the pandemic, 
tell your wife I want her to go on YouTube and watch some Tai Chi lessons, T-A-I-C-H-I. That's a really great exercise for her to stay flexible, stay strong without injuring her joints as well as loading her bones. And tell her also, no pills, no shots, be holistic. No, we don't do that. Good, good. I love it. All right, young man, happy Father's Day. And it'll be my pleasure to help, Wayne. Thanks so much for calling. Listen, I just helped you. I want you to do me a favor. Find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. Will do. Thank you much, Doc. All right. God bless you, Wayne. Thanks so much for calling. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. I'll pay some bills. The lines are all lit up. The number's 877-710-ESPN. What the hell do you do with a five-day-old bran muffin that's stale? Is there something you can do to bring it back to life? Yes. And what I tell you will make it the most delicious blueberry bran muffin you've ever had in your life. I'll explain. Coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar sinai on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. With tinted windows. Can you imagine? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. While I'm in Italy. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. You may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's the talking heads. They're keyboard player the great jerry harrison he went to harvard super smart guy but a risk taker that's why he joined the talking heads brian fitzpatrick he went to harvard he's a risk taker he's still playing 15 years later after being a a seventh round pick third string quarterback for the st louis rams and my guest at 815 a surgeon who also went to Harvard, who's now at Cedars, really doing so well. I'm so proud of him. And at 8.15, we're going to talk to him, Dr. Sean Raji. What does it mean to be smart? And what exactly does Harvard mean in the life of a smart person? It gives you confidence. It allows you to take risks. That's today's topic. What does smart really mean? Remember, my mother used to say, about this one relative of mine. Robbie, he's so smart that he's stupid. Being smart is not the key. It's taking risks and believing in yourself, being confident, being confident in yourself. That's the key. All right, let's take some calls. The lines are lit up. I'm so happy. Let's go to Slade. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? (laughs) Good morning, doctor. How are you? Very good. Thanks for hanging on the line. Sorry I'm late. No, no problem. Uh, you ever gone to Genghis Cohen? I have. You have. They have New York sesame noodles on Fairfax and Melrose. I hope they're still in business after all the uh, stuff that's been taking place. That they can still, with the pandemic, it's just. Can you imagine being in the restaurant business? Oh my god! Um, uh, they were they were doing a killer takeout. Um, okay, <laughs> I have fine. to get those sesame cold noodles because I keep trying. My wife's doing a great job trying to perfect the recipe and it involves the the recipe that you see but i know there must be some secret ingredient that they're not telling us but you're right i'll have to go there as well i think they also have it at my favorite chinese restaurant 
in the valley, the green apple bistro, Chinese bistro. But I want to make it myself. I wish, you know what you need to come up with, Slade? You need to come up with some kind of Geiger counter, computer thing that allows you to get the greatest thing you ever ate and be able to analyze the ingredients by putting the machine, putting it in the machine and it tells you exactly what's in it. That's what I need. Well, you're an inventor, so I think you should invent that. <laughs> Thank you so much for the input. And I have to tell people, I bought, because I do every Sunday after I go surfing, a blueberry bran muffin from Good Time Donuts in Ventura. And it stayed in my car till Thursday. By the time I picked that thing up, it was as stale as a hockey puck. But I remember having a blueberry bran muffin at this diner on Sunset there, the Whiskey of Go-Go. It's not there anymore, called Duke's. Used to be oh, in the Tropicana Hotel. You ever go there? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was awesome. Awesome. And so what they used to do is they used to cut the muffin in half and smear a lot, I mean a lot, of butter on the muffin mm. and put it on the grill. You cut wow. the muffin in half and you smear it mm. with butter. You put it on the grill. And guess what happens? One of the ingredients in a blueberry bran muffin is molasses. And that molasses caramelizes and becomes crispy and syrupy and sugary and unbelievable, turns black. But it heats up the bran muffin and the blueberries. It's like the greatest thing you could ever do. I'm not saying you can have a stale one like I had, but you can bring back to life. Even a stale blueberry, if you, here's what I need you to do this week. Grill with butter a blueberry <laughs> That's my food suggestion of the week. And thanks so much for checking in with us. I appreciate it. All right, let's All take another call. Bye-bye. God bless you, Slade. Let's take another call. Uh, Rebecca, who we got? Who, who has the hand in, the hand, the fingers? Robert, let's take Robert. Robert, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, say, when I saw his fingers, mine were uh, pretty similar, but I'm not as athletic. I do stay fit, but went down some stairs, and my right hand, my middle finger and ring finger, they were perpendicular to uh, yep. the you way they should have been. How, you, how old are you, and what do you do for a living? I am a general contractor. I build uh, really beautiful homes, and I'm 50, I'll be 55 this year. Do you have a tool belt with a hammer in it, or are you using an air hammer? Uh, air hammer, that's another story for another day, but I put a 16-penny galvanized uh, nail in the distal head of my femur one time. Right. Uh, I, when I used to do a lot of emergency room, I have fond memories of seeing two roofers, one of them who oh. shot a nail right through his kneecap right into his femur, and it looked like a beautiful shingle on a roof, except it was his kneecap that was now nailed to his femur. And I have oh. another one, like a bullet, put a nail right into his hip joint. So, uh. you know what? There's something special about using a hammer the old way where it's on your tool <laughs> belt because you ain't driving a nail into your knee or your hip joint by doing that. You better be That's careful with true. those air guns. Mine looked like a thumbtack at the uh, <laughs> my jeans. It was like a and That was all that was left. I'm going... Three and a half inches. Where is it? Oh, <laughs> so you know what a Milwaukee Sawzall is, don't you? That's for sure. All right. My favorite uh, tool of all time. All right. Are your fingers back in place? 
Yeah, they're back in place. This actually happened about a year ago, but they're still stiff, and in the morning they like they glitch, they catch. So they let me give you know. some advice. Let me give you some okay. advice, Robert. Go ahead and get the newspaper, any newspaper, because I want the thin sheets of paper. I want you to and forget about squeezing a ball. I want you to take a thin sheet of newspaper, roll it up into a ball tight, and chuck it into a waste paper basket. I need you to fill a waste paper basket every day with sheets of, of old newspapers. You do that in about a month or two, you'll get your flexibility back in that hand of yours. That's my treatment oh. advice. Do not let them shoot you with cortisone, and you don't need surgery. Get busy. Oh. Fill the waste paper basket a day. Okay, Robert? I appreciate it. Very good. All right. All right. God bless you. Find a total stranger today. Do something Thank nice you. for them. That's how you'll be thanking me, Robert. Excellent. All right, day. young man. God bless you. Have a good day. All right, Warriors, coming up next, we're going to learn all about the quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the talking heads, Jerry Harrison, because my guest at 815 is a surgeon from Harvard, just like Jerry Harrison's from Harvard, a musician, Ryan Fitzpatrick from Harvard, who's a quarterback. What happens when you go to Harvard and you're a surgeon? We'll get into that with some stories. Coming up next on the Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN.